Promotional consideration paid for by the following. StevieRichardsFitness.com. Join the SRF resistance today. Russo'sBrand.com. Get the real shoot from the most controversial personality in wrestling, Vince Russo. Lethal Vendetta. Hailing from Sydney, Australia, this band comes armed with the ultimate artillery, a precise and highly effective blend of thrash, groove, and traditional metal which pays homage to the great metal titans that have come before them. Check out lethalvendetta.bigcartel.com and download their music on all digital media outlets. The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Wednesday, November 20th, 2019, and you are tuned in to HTM Sports presented right here by the Hitting the Marks Podcast Network online, hittingthemarks.com, and Hameen Media, hackerhameen.podbean.com. My name is Jargo. I'll be your host for the day. That's my tag team partner. He's the man, the myth, the legend, the real RBV. Rick, welcome back to HTM Sports. It's me, it's me. It's that auto, the beat of the beat. Rick Pickery back in. Hashtag HTM Sports. We're getting ready to get fired up because we got a lot to run through here. It's been a big week. And, and, you know, each and every week, hey, Jargo, this show, the sports show, it's got more drama. It's got more character than our damn wrestling shows. Do. It's funny because it's true. You know, originally when we started this show, it was only like a half hour show. And I was like, God, how are we going to talk about sports for a half hour every week? And now I think I've just come to the conclusion this is an hour long show every week. And I have a feeling today is not going to be any different. We got a whole lot to talk about. And Huckleberry, we've been teasing it for the better part of a week now. We already heard from Cincinnati, Rick. It is time that we get Cleveland Rick on the phone. We got to get Cleveland Rick's opinion of this entire Cleveland Browns, Pittsburgh Steelers mess that went down in uh, Cleveland, Ohio there this past Thursday night. Well, you know, but before we get into the vibe, what's happening here, as you can see, I am up here on the Great Lake Erie. We're over in Oakland, uh, Cleveland Brown Stadium, just down the road right here, uh, just a bit of a ways down the lake, just outside here. But you know, I, I want to go back to the take from Cincinnati, Rick, one of your favorite individuals, Jarko. Oh, yes, I'm a huge fan of Cincinnati, Rick. <laughs> you know, but, but to put it's holding a little perspective from outside, you know, that third party, just a reminder to everyone here, that what we saw go down last week, I mean, it was absolutely, it was mayhem. It was a melee all around, more exciting than anything that we're going to see inside of a WWE ring. It kind of was Survivor Series there in Cleveland. I, you know, I was thinking, hey, you know, tonight on uh, – on AEW Dynamite, we got we got a battle royale. So I think it was more fitting of that. You know how I feel about those gimmick matches. Absolutely love me. Some anything goes. Everybody just going at it. But that's the, that's that's the Steelers football. That's their way of life. They they play that trap game. They want to bring you in here. And, and even if they're losing, that's when they think that you, you know when you're up on them, when you got them down and beaten. That's when they think you're the most vulnerable. That's when they're really going to start testing you. They're going to bend, 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 push, push, push until they break you. And being a Cincinnati Bengals fan, I've seen that oh so often. And usually it's come back to bite us in the ass and we lose big games late. There's been a handful of times where the Bengals were the most talented. They had been playing out. They had outplayed them throughout that game. They were looking for success, but they would fall into those mind games, those traps of those bastard Pittsburgh Steelers. And believe me, that's not a knock. 
That's a mental edge in a very physical game. That's how you win. That's how you are successful. They excel at that. Now, as an opponent of that is, you're trying someone to catch them. You need to realize that, and you need to beat them at their own game. We didn't necessarily see that from, from the Cleveland Browns. Now, it, give me one second here. I'll, I'll call him in. Three, four. I think they're ready for it. Jarro Cleveland, Rick here. We, we got to talk about the, the reality of this situation and it, what people need to understand. That yellow, that black, but more importantly, that yellow that runs down their spines and into their ass cracks. There's one thing that they got to remember in Schittsburg is when you come to the land, you're going to get that strong hand. And we ain't the same old brownies anymore. We're not laying down. These dogs are ready to fight. They're going to pounce on your ass. And that's exactly what happened in this game. You just heard Cincinnati Rick talking about these mind games, getting that mental edge. No, no, no. That shit ain't happening here right now. We're fed up with this. Look at that scoreboard. We won that game. We are the better team. And we're fixing to show that, repeat that, two weeks when we go into their house. Speaking of high field, who the hell names a place after a fucking catch-up anyway? Yeah, they're going to be running like catch-up too because they're going to get their ass kicked one more time by Cleveland. Rudolph is a little bitch. That whole team is full of bitches. And the dogs are hungry again. Hey, Pittsburgh, you're sitting there nice, sitting there nice and easy in that sixth seed in them playoffs, but one game back. One game back to Cleveland Brown. You're coming for your fucking asses, and it's going to hurt. Well, right now, like you said, Cleveland trying to catch up to Pittsburgh in the standings, which I can't even believe is a real thing at this point in November with where the Pittsburgh Steelers started at. Uh, let's kind of run through the suspensions here real quick. Miles Garrett out indefinitely. Rick, I think looking forward as far as the Cleveland Browns are concerned, this is the one that's really going to hurt them because this is going to be a very different defense without Miles Garrett on the field. Yeah, it's going to come down to depth and about getting it done in other positions here on defense. I mean, you're going to have to come together, and this is going to be on this coaching staff who has been questionable at least throughout this whole year. I mean, this team has underachieved greatly. You're talking about being surprised, Jargo, that in November – that we're talking about the Browns behind the Steelers. And I know you kind of what you really meant there was the, the almost terrible start that the Steelers got off to everything that they've had to overcome where we thought maybe the Browns, they would be up there, you know, chasing the Ravens at this point. Uh, but this is rather the situation. They're both right here in the middle of the pack sit at five and four wins or, you know, right around in that area there. And they're both in contention looking for that six seed, Hungry in this division. The Browns still have a lot to go, but they have got to refocus here. And it's just not at that position you got to worry about. You just got to, you don't have to fill those shoes. This whole situation itself, the bigger picture is is the growing discipline issue that we've seen from the Cleveland Browns. And that falls on Freddie Kitchens. Yeah, and we've been talking about that all season. And I felt like this entire thing with Miles Garrett was kind of just a metaphor for the way this entire season has unfolded with the Cleveland Browns. Looking forward for Cleveland, they have Miami this week. And then, like you were mentioning there, they go at Pittsburgh. You still get Cincinnati twice. So that's, you know, basically two guaranteed wins there. At Arizona and versus Baltimore at home. Those are going to be the two big ones for for Cleveland, excuse me. Um, especially because that Arizona team suddenly doesn't look like it stinks. Kyler Murray seems like he's a legit thing going out there in Arizona. Well, you know, they're still trying to get it right. They've got a lot of growing there to do, but you know, but Murray, he's showing some true leadership. You know, he came out frustration this week, and it wasn't against his team or anything like that, but more of a leader. So, you know, he's used to winning, is what he said. And he's not he's not gonna accept this. He wants to take this team, put them on his shoulders. 
What really scares me there is on the road. Although the Browns have been successful on the road, but you you do have to always worry when you make that trip out to the West Coast. Yep. Uh, especially coming from as far east as the Browns are. I guess it is a little nice, though, to take it that time of year. You know, you're getting out of this cold weather up here. It's going to be terrible there. The other big one that you set on that schedule is the Ravens. you got to believe it might not be at the forefront of their mind. They've got other things that they're focused on, uh, but they remember being embarrassed at home by the Cleveland Browns. Uh, they're going to be looking to avenge that loss. I mean, that's going to be a, a big-time football game that could have major playoff implications all the way around. Yeah. You know, even for the Ravens, you know, trying to bid for that number one seed, they can just get locked up. They hold that tiebreaker. You know, they're not going to want to falter in any case. Yeah, we'll talk more about the Ravens and the Patriots a little bit later on in the show. Um, also, Larry Ogamboji out for one game. Marquise Pouncey out for three games for Pittsburgh. That's the big one for them. Mason Rudolph, he got fined thirty-five grand, basically, uh, for which is the the standard first-time fine for fighting inside of the league. Not a whole lot to talk about there unless you want to go off on the whole Mason Rudolph should have been suspended bullshit, which I don't buy into. Um, yeah, he grabbed Miles Garrett by the face mask. Why is that? Because Miles Garrett hit him and then just stayed on top of him trying to pour salt in the wound, being a dickhead about it, which goes back to that whole discipline thing going on with the Cleveland Browns. He never should have been put in that position. As far as the Steelers go, Pouncey getting suspended for three games when you're already down to Mason Rudolph as your starting quarterback, losing your starting center is going to be one hell of a blow to that offensive line. Uh, that does not vote well for Pittsburgh for the next three games. I don't think Pouncey should have been suspended at all. I think Pouncey did exactly what he's supposed to do. When somebody's going after your quarterback, the first motherfucker that better be there to punch somebody in the mouth is going to be the center, and that's exactly where Pouncey was. I have no problems with anything that Pouncey did. But you can take it from that. You can go with the bro code all you want. But we're talking about legitimate rules inside the league. You do not permit unnecessary violence. And that's what we got from Pouncey. His his three games are very fair. He could have held off. He could have just prevented any further physicality from going on between these teams. But no, he continued to instigate. And that's why he is sitting there. Bro code's fine, but you got to go by the law. You, you know, Jarka, you and I are out, you know, after StarCast at a bar. Somebody comes up and hits you, and I start fighting back. We're both going to jail. Yeah, that's true. You know, now if I can just stop the fight, then I might not be going anywhere with you. But if I jump in and start throwing fists, we're both going down. I think the biggest thing was they wanted to make damn sure that Pouncey was suspended for that Steelers game. I think that's really what it all comes down to. They didn't want Pouncey going back in, or Pouncey in Cleveland to go back at it here in two weeks when the. Browns come into Pittsburgh. I think that's really what it was all about. Well, does that really do any favors then for Rudolph? As you said, I mean that's I mean that's his main bro right there. Yeah, that's his main protection. So now you got uh you got backup security coming in to help you. You know Rudolph, he's going to have to keep his head on a swivel in that game. And, and you know the Steelers on the flip of this, you know we kind of can joke about that. The Steelers are going to realize that they're going to push, 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 and they're going to want you to take them late in those cheap shots at Rudolph so they can keep eating up those penalty yards. This is going to be a very interesting game to watch and how the Steelers handle this and, you know, this ultimate chess match. As I said, it's a very physical game. We all know that. It's very dangerous in that aspect. But the true, the true winners, the teams that get over and have the edge, they win the mental game. 
Let's switch. Let's talk about the college football playoff rankings released. This probably the most boring week thus far, as nothing really changes at the top. LSU number one, Ohio State number two, Clemson number three, Georgia earning that number four spot after getting the big win over Auburn this weekend. Then things start to get interesting because you get to number five, Alabama, and everything that happened this past week with Alabama to Atongo Valoa going out with a broken hip. Um, Rick, I've also learned that in addition to the broken hip, he also suffered a broken nose and a concussion on that play. So uh, Tua, in, he's, he's seen his better days. Number six, Oregon. Number seven, Utah. Number eight, Penn State. Number nine, Oklahoma, who had the ever-loving hell scared out of him over the course of the weekend, down 20 to nothing, but come back to win. And then number 10, Minnesota, who got their asses whipped by the University of Iowa Hawkeyes. Rick, really the only big thing to talk about inside of the world of college football this week is this entire situation with Tua. Uh, it was tank for Tua, right? That that was the plan. Everybody just go out there and lose so you can snag Tua. Rick, this is the same exact injury that Bo Jackson had all those years ago. Obviously, we've had huge advancements in medicine since then, but in a pro, re- pro football context, you hear Bo Jackson and you go, oh, no, this poor kid's career might be over. Yeah, absolutely. And there's talks even coming up this week. Should he skip this draft? Or should he take the year for complete rehab, rebuild, redesign, you know, whatever it might be there, and, and then come at this thing again, hopefully to, you know, to reestablish himself? Uh, so, you know, in hearing those conversations, I wanted to ask you, you know, coming out of this thing, Jar, I mean, what would you do right now if you are to him? Uh, what is your mindset? I think I go in the draft this year. I think I try to make as much money as I possibly can right now. And I think this is better than going into next year. All right. And let's take a look at the draft stock now. Okay. The top four quarterbacks now with Tua out are going to be Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert from Oregon, Jalen Hurts at Oklahoma, and Jake Fromm at Georgia. All right. Rick, you're sitting there with the number one pick. I assume that the Cincinnati Bengals take Joe Burrow out of LSU. With the number one pick, the uh, Cincinnati Bengals take defensive <laughs> from the University of Ohio State. Chase Young? Yes. I think that's a mistake, unless you're, unless you're planning on going out and getting somebody like Cam. Uh, you know, at this point here, I you know I think uh, they're they're ready to ride what they got here. I just don't think where you're at position wise for this franchise the Bengals. And it is you know we're going to be talking about this so much as we go forward. I don't want to spend too much time on it. Uh, there's so much that needs to be fixed for these top teams in this draft that a franchise quarterback like this, and especially in Cincinnati, where we're not about spending a lot of money. So you can it's a serious you know cut and pay taking a number one defensive player overall, as opposed to taking a quarterback number one overall. And absolutely, I could see them going that route here. But I, I do agree with you, too. Uh, go this year. Get that payday. Make sure that, that everything is okay for you here. The good news is you're likely going to fall out of those top teams. You don't have to be a Miami Dolphin. You don't have to be a Cincinnati Bengal. You That's could fall, the thing, right? You could <laughs> fall somewhere into that mid-range where they don't need you immediately. They're going to let you have the time to recover. To regroup, get yourself better, you could collect that paycheck all while you're moving forward. But let's not even forget here, though, I mean, as we talk about, you know, the, the payment system in college football, we've been covering that here for weeks. He is still insured. 
His body right. is insured. Right. He is okay there financially with this thing if something does not pan out or you know, cover some kind of difference or whatever from the NFL. So that also has to be weighed in there. You could have agents come in here as well and say, hey, we think you're going to drop – your stock's going to drop, you know, from the number one, number two position this year to the middle, maybe late, maybe fall out of the first round. We'll go ahead and front you that money for a year, confident that we can get you back up to one of those high picks, and then you have some kind of, you know, work out your payment plan there. I mean, there's a lot of variables that could go into this thing. Well, I mean, because as I'm looking at things right now, okay, you have the Miami Dolphins, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Tennessee Titans the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Los Angeles Chargers, the Denver Broncos, uh, the Chicago Bears, the Detroit Lions, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All those teams are going to be looking for a quarterback at some point inside of this draft. As I'm looking at the depth inside of the quarterbacks, Tua might be the fifth or sixth quarterback who ends up getting taken in this draft. You mean to tell me that Tua's not a hell of a lot better going to the Los Angeles Chargers than he would be going to the Cincinnati Bengals? These these kids are going to make their money in that second contract anyway. Falling in the draft is not a bad thing. Ask Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you understand that, and that's why you know I'm looking at it here. If he, and that's what I'm saying though, is he would choose not to. It's not like he's going to be sitting around, you know, scraping for money. I mean, there's going to be financials that, that are provided for him. He'll be secure there. But if you look at it career-wise, I agree with you 100 percent Joe. Go, go to the middle of that pack. Go later and go to a team that it's not going. To, you have to carry, you know, the, their burden on your shoulders. Look at the Carolina Panthers roster. If they put had Tua as their starting quarterback, you mean to tell me that team's not in this thing right now in the NFC South? The Chargers in the AFC West? Phillip Rivers was freaking awful on Monday night. He threw almost as many interceptions as he's got kids. Yeah, I, I with you 100%. You know, go this year, go that route, go to a, a safer position for you when you are able to play. You're going to be in a better position to win instead of, you know, these instead of in 10 years, five years, we're talking about you as one of the biggest failures and how this injury ruined your career. I mean, we could be talking about a tremendous success story in five years instead of the ultimate negative. But the thing that does scare me is now how many GMs are going to look at this kid as injury prone. He's had a surgery on both ankles now, his hip, a broken nose, a concussion. I mean, you, you throw him in there with the J.J. Watts of the world every week. What's what's the viability for Tua going looking long-term? You know who's going to take him, and he's going to turn out to be a Hall of Famer. Everyone's going to be kind of sleeping on him right now. Think, they think he's done. He's injury-prone. The hoodie. The hoodie's going to get his hands on him, sit him up there for two years until Brady's done, then insert him in there, and he's going to be the next great Patriot. Well, Brady might be done sooner than we think, the way he's playing football right now. Let's talk about Colin Kaepernick. Uh, Colin Kaepernick had a workout over the course of this weekend. Rick, this entire thing was a dog and pony show from the freaking beginning. Um, I The way that the NFL handled this thing, just setting it up and throwing Kaepernick into it, uh, the Kaepernick team basically getting there and realizing, hey, this isn't exactly what we want, so we're going to throw a pissy fit and move 60 miles up the road. Um, I think the, this entire thing happened because of Nike and Jay-Z. If this thing would have happened in Atlanta, there were 25 teams that were going to be there. 
Nike was actually going to be shooting a commercial at the workout. That's one of the things that the NFL said, oh, no, they're not. And the Kaepernick team threw a fucking pissy fit about. The other thing is this stupid waiver. This is the standard waiver that all players sign when they go into these workouts or when they're having individual workouts before the draft, when they're going into the combine, basically saying, if you get hurt during this workout, the NFL is not responsible. Kaepernick's team threw a freaking pissy fit about that. And the NFL didn't want this thing open to the media, which Kaepernick suddenly, all of a sudden, he wants to talk to the media. People have been trying to get a word with Colin Kaepernick for the better part of a couple of years, and he's so selective over who he'll talk to, but now he wants a full media there so he can hold a press conference, call out Roger Goodell, as well as the 32 owners. Rick, this thing was so Colin Kaepernick. Oh, yeah, and he wore a Kunta Kinte t-shirt at the fucking workout. I mean, what does he think is going to happen? I want to go back to the very basics here, and I want to start. You know, this has been a a cause of great debate, arguments, if you will, and it really seems individuals – it, there's there's two hard sides to this thing. I mean, there is no blurred lines. You've got individuals that are pro-league or anti-Kaepernick, and you have those that, that Kaepernick can do no wrong, and it is the, the, the man, uh, the system, corporate America, everything to hold him down. And individuals like you and I, Jogger, that are trying to sit in the middle and just call this thing for what it absolutely is, and it is a complete cluster all around. There were no winners here. This was a bad move from both sides. They both come out here looking like fools. And yes, the league itself. And I understand, you know, in their logic, the way that they went at this thing, they're trying to do it on short notice. They want it to be a very private setting. And they invited all the teams in. Mainly one is because you don't want to single out any of your franchises to be put in a position for scrutiny or to have this circus fall on one of them in one of your cities. You're trying to control that fire itself and give a platform where, you know, everybody can say, okay, uh, enough is enough here with Kaepernick. It's time to, you know, to shut up, put up or shut up. We're going to see what you've got here. I don't understand why they even felt the need to go through with this thing. They should have washed their hands after they, they did the settlement with the collusion thing. That should have been the end of this. This, this thing has been fading away. It's been dying out. People are forgetting about it. He was an afterthought. And all you did is once again, bring this to the surface. If you're the league and then what you've done on it, granted, you're going to have a, a, a side here. That's going to, to see it through your eyes, take it for what it is. But then again, what you've done is just, fueled the other side. You fueled those that truly believe that you are, you know, simply blacklisting this individual for for the reasons of his race and his message. And you don't want people to hear that because you're financially in bed with military service, with you know different government, you know, forms of government and all that. The league had nothing to gain by doing this and they played right into Kaepernick's camp. And then even a little, you know, to a little bit even offering this olive branch, in it, in some ways it says that you know you did something wrong along the lines, and they never should have given that opportunity to present it that way. They should have washed their hands of this. On the other side, as you said, this is all a PR stunt. Kaepernick does not want to play football. He is here to, to move this agenda. And as you see all these other hands at play, I wonder how much of it actually is Kaepernick or how much of he is just being manipulated and becoming a puppet. And eventually the the target from this other side. 
I think it's a lot of that, man. Um, I, I'm just done with this whole Kaepernick situation. You know, like I have said many times, I'd be happy to bring Colin Kaepernick in. He, he could come in tomorrow and be the backup quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. I'd be happy to bring him in if all he just wants to do is come in and play football. But we're going to pay you like a veteran backup quarterback. You're going to get the league minimum $800,000 to go over there and sit on the bench. That's not good enough for Kaepernick. That's not what he wants. He, he wants to be a starting quarterback. He wants $20 million a year guaranteed money. Well, it's not going to happen. Well, you're further that there. I mean, and he wants that platform. He wants all of this here. I mean, if you wanted to play football, you should have been kind. And there's other outlets. If you wanted to prove that you still have it on the field, you could have went to the CFL. Mm-hmm. You could have found some other outlet. But no, I mean, he is simply here for a PR stunt, and he is going to continue milking that. And I'm sorry, you know, that, that cow is, is done dried out. And the league at this point, definitely now, they need to absolutely move on. And from this point, just no sell anything that he has going. We did have one big return to a major league last night, and it was not Colin Kaepernick. Carmelo Anthony! Mello returned to the NBA last night. Huckleberry played for the Portland Trailblazers, who lost to the awful New Orleans Pelicans 115-104. to Damian Lillard out for the game with back spasms on the second night of a back-to-back, so not a big surprise there. Um, Mello's first game in the league in over a year. First game since November 8th, 2018. He goes for 10 points on such a mellow stat line. 4 of 14 shooting. Five fouls in 24 minutes. Welcome back, Carmelo Anthony, king of no defense, the Olay defense in full effect for Portland. Huckleberry, you happy to see Melo back in the league? Yeah, I, I caught most of the game here. Caught definitely the highlights on it or you know the few that were there. But hey, man, it's Melo. He's cool and refreshing. That's why they call him Melo Yellow, baby. But, hey, there's there, this guy. If you got something on people in the league, you talk about it, they cannot get enough of him. Everybody thought he was going to be a Laker because him and LeBron are buddies. And even LeBron's like, I love Carmelo, but no. Hey, it's still early in the season. Let's not roll it out. We still don't know where, where Melo is going to finish up this year. Oh, man. He actually started, too. That's the crazy part. Like, what's going on with Portland? Portland was supposed to be a contender, and they're just terrible. To the point where they got to bring in Carmelo Anthony and start him at power forward. Four of 14 shooting. God bless Carmelo Anthony. Potential NBA expansion, Huckleberry. I'm hearing these rumors again. It sounds like they want to add two teams. One of them in Las Vegas, because, you know, that's the new trendy, sexy thing to do. The NHL already did it, and the NFL's doing it. So the NBA, they got to get in on that action. But then that also means the return of the Seattle Supersonics, which made my wife very happy, and I told her I would talk about it on this show. Rick, would you like to see the Sonics back? You know, growing up, the Sonics absolutely one of my favorite teams. You go back, and especially when they made that run at the championship, uh, ran into the Bulls there, but top to bottom, that was such a fun team. So dynamic, it's a great personality. It's what you loved about the league back then, and I know how devastating it was to that city when they lost that team. Uh, it was quite a surprise for everyone to see them kind of leave and you know pulled away from there. Well, wait, wait, wait. They didn't lose that team. That team was straight up stolen from them and moved to Oklahoma City. Like that, that was almost as shady of a deal as the Colts leaving Baltimore for Indianapolis. 
just a crazy, crazy situation. Yeah, and I and it's, to this day, you know, they're still they're, they're hurting. You know, they want their basketball back, and I think this would be a tremendous boost for the league in itself to to bring it back there to Seattle. I think they would have one of the hottest tickets in town. You, you talk about reviving some of that merchandise, go retro style. Hell, I know both of us would probably be running out to get some of that new Sonic gear. I know in your household you would. I've got like I, four Sonics jerseys hanging up in my closet right now. To, but to get the fresh new ones, get those fresh new ones, you're going to be all over the place, man. Uh, it's gonna, That would be a tremendous move. And on the other side of that, as you said, everybody trying to get uh, to lay down their bets, trying to get that hot action over at the table, at the craps table for uh, sports action in Vegas. And it's hard to argue, you know, you want it to be a destination place. You know, and especially, you know, I wonder if you're out there, you're hitting that sports book. I've been to Vegas a few times. I've rarely ever stood foot in a regular casino. I'm not really in that, that kind of gambling. But I'll sit at a sports book the entire time. But if I would have had some, you know, some professional sports like that, outlets like that, especially in the NBA where you could have three or four days a week, just oh, go yeah. hit up a game. You don't know who's, especially in those hot seasons. If you set that schedule right. Dude, we got, uh, you know, Wednesday night, we got LeBron and crew coming through. Thursday, we got the Clippers. Friday, you got the Golden State coming, you know, on his, these swings. I mean, you have that's a destination for, for sports fans. Yep, absolutely. Um, adding two more teams into the West, though, means two teams would have to move east. And uh, unfortunately, if you are a fan of the Eastern Conference, it looks like you would be getting the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Memphis Grizzlies. Because Memphis is still in the West because of the Vancouver thing. Remember when Vancouver had a team? <laughs> vaguely. Yeah, yeah vaguely. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and shift. Let's talk about the NFL. Uh, let, let, let's go back to this Phillip Rivers thing. My God, the Chiefs escape the Chargers in Mexico 24-17. to Phillip Rivers, check out this stat line. 28 of 52 for 353 yards, one touchdown, and four interceptions. Rick, what I don't understand, Phillip Rivers throws four interceptions, and the Chiefs beat the Chargers 24-17? to What in the hell is wrong with the Kansas City Chiefs? Don't, don't drink the Rivers in Mexico. I guess what we learned first. Uh, then I saw I I saw this stat line first, and like wow, Chiefs must have handled this one. And then I saw the score, and I was like, you got to be kidding me! I thought there was a mistake on one end. Could not believe it. You got Philip Rivers playing this bad, and that football team still has an opportunity to win this game. Uh, there is something majorly wrong there in Kansas City. They they have lost their swag. They have lost their direction. And it's ultimately because going back how many weeks ago, I believe it was the Indianapolis Colts exposed them for, for what you need to do. And now we're seeing here, you got one of a damn surefire Hall of Famer playing that bad. Is that close to the game? If you get somewhat production from your offense, from your marquee players in a quarterback position like that, you're going to be able to handle this Kansas City team. I don't think we're, as we're talking about Super Bowl contenders, I right here on this day in November – you know, November 20th, I don't believe that they have an opportunity to be there in the running at the end of the season. Chiefs defense gives up 438 yards to the San Diego Chargers, now Los Angeles Chargers. I'll never get used to that. 
they'll always be the San Diego Chargers to me. I'll never get used to saying Los Angeles Chargers. It's been, what, two, three years? Uh, Rick, but the big story here is that Phillip Rivers stat line. Is it over for Phillip Rivers? He's an unrestricted free agent at the end of this season. You know, you want to go with a defensive lineman there with the number one pick. How about the Cincinnati Bengals go out and they they bring in Phillip Rivers and all nine of his kids? Well, you know, first, you know, looking here at the Ohio weather, I don't know if that plays in favor of Phillip Rivers. We can go look at, you know, break down his true stats. He goes, starts going east from San Diego anywhere late in a season, gets any kind of outside of perfect San Diego weather. He kind of falters a little bit. I don't think he's, I don't think he's done here. I think maybe you see him. It's all going to be about that, that dollar value. So I'm about them financials. The Chargers got a lot of issues to address. You don't really think you want to go stop, you know, start paying that top dollar to an individual like Rivers. But I think he's going to land somewhere. I, I think maybe reinvent himself. I still think he's got a couple years. And if, if this is it, I mean, he's had a hell of a run. It's a tremendous career. And as I said, I mean, he's going to be going to the hall. Are the Chiefs really better than the Raiders? Like, I can't believe I'm even saying that out loud. The Chiefs should have lost this game. And then they would be tied with the Oakland Raiders atop of the AFC West. Rick, I'm not sure that the Chiefs are better than the Raiders at this point. Yeah, the Raiders have been one of those great surprises. I mean, it, 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 they come out of nowhere here. They take a step back, and they're one of those that will take one step back, and they'll go two forward. This team is in the right direction. It's it's the the mad genius of Bruton that is leading this team. And just think when they finally get it, how good this program could be. I think they're going to be the Chicago Bears. You know, last year when the Bears were going buck-ass crazy and everybody was singing the praises of the Chicago Bears, and I said, just wait. Next year, they're going to have to play a first-place schedule. And they're going to go right back to being the Chicago Bears. The Raiders, are go- next year, when they have to play a more difficult schedule, they're going to go right back to being the Raiders. Here, here's your difference between these two. The Bears were settled in. The Bears had built this team for a long run. They did not go out and improve anywhere. The Raiders are continuing to improve. They are going to become a destination in themselves for free agents. They still got, they still got quite a bit of money to play with here. This team can and will get better. They're in a different situation. They position themselves much different than what we saw last year in Chicago. They finally pulled Mitchell Trubisky with like two minutes left in that game. I think Mitchell Trubisky might be done in Chicago. That's another team that's going to be looking for a quarterback. You mean to tell me if you can't get one of these you know, top five quarterbacks, if you're the Chicago Bears, you don't trade up to go get somebody like a Jalen Hurts or a Tua? With that roster... They should be a whole lot better than they are. Ravens blow out the Texans in the battle of division leaders. This looked like it was going to be one of the best games of the weekend. Boy, were we wrong. Uh, Rick, this whole Lamar Jackson thing is just really, really taken off. People, it seems like right now he is the clear front runner for MVP. As I'm looking at the stats this year, they're just absolutely ridiculous. 77.8 QBR. He's got like 19 touchdowns to like two interceptions. It's just stupid. It's just absolutely stupid, the numbers that this kid is pointing up. Uh, 19 touchdowns, five interceptions, excuse me. Um, is this going to be a one-hit wonder? Is this going to be RG3 all over again? Because we already diagnosed this thing. This is much more about their offensive coordinator, Greg Roman, than it is about Lamar Jackson. Greg Roman was the same offensive coordinator that Kaepernick had in San Francisco when he went absolutely crazy. 
and then he lost Greg Roman, and we saw what happened to Colin Kaepernick. Is the same thing going to happen here with Lamar Jackson? Because you know somebody is going to come knocking to want to give Greg Roman a head coaching job. Well, I think you know your your big your biggest question mark here is outside of that is you know so many people doubt and we question this style of play. When do they catch up with you? When do they figure out your bag of tricks? You know, where are you going to make your moves, your cuts like that? We've seen this time and time again. And then you make that comparison to Kaepernick, and we can make it with, with Holmes and all that. Uh, to me, this is more of a comparison because because Jackson is so physical. He's not afraid to back down there. So in that sense, he reminds me more of Cam Newton. I think you get to the point, your biggest concern has to be where do these injuries, where was one big hit? I mean, this is a league where one weird hit can change the whole direction of what you're bringing to your team, change your whole direction of your your mental your mental you know state of mind, how you play this game, how durable is he going to be? When and if that happens is going to could change the course of what Jackson has going for him. But you, you got to think he's a little bit different than most that rely on their speed and that undersized because he is very physical. He will not back down. He will lower and go right at you. To me, that's a little bit more. That's a little scarier. And someone that is taking that slide and just you're looking at someone blowing out a knee. I mean, he could take a serious hit here uh, that could really do some damage. I'm just I'm watching the Ravens this weekend and I'm like, yeah, God damn, Lamar Jackson looks great. But, you know, San Francisco looked great that season, too. And it's just if he loses Greg Roman as an offensive coordinator and they bring somebody else in and it's a different style and it's a different scheme. I'm not sure that Lamar Jackson is what's so great here. I kind of feel like it's the scheme that Greg Roman's putting out there. Well, you know, the other question here is, you know, who's going to come courting? Obviously, you, you want that head coaching job. You want that opportunity. You know, we're going back and talking about, too, I would, where do you want to go? Do you want to put yourself in a position to, to, for failure as a head coach just to have that on the resume? Or do you wait for that right job? And, you know, it's going to be about the timing of when that comes along. I think the best thing for him to do would be to go to a team like a a Miami Dolphins. All right. I'm just going to throw them out there. Not that I expect them to take this kid. But let's say that the Miami Dolphins end up with Jalen Hurts. Right. Inside of the draft, they they get Jalen Hurts out of Oklahoma. That's when you go get Greg Roman. When you, when you have that young quarterback that he can mold into his system and just build that entire team around that quarterback and that system, watch the fuck out. It's going to be interesting so, to see so what happens. So a lot of pieces of that puzzle before we start worrying about a quarterback. You know, as we're seeing here in Baltimore, I mean, there was a lot of – they're established. They know that system. I know that – the, the you know the the top analysts were down on them coming into this year, but they still had those pieces and those parts. You go to Miami, I mean, you're almost playing with raw dough. Right, but let, let's also keep in mind too. Let, look at all the moves that the Ravens made in the off season. They clearly built that entire offense for Lamar Jackson. That there was a whole lot of turnover in that offensive line and the way that team was built. To be fair. I mean, what are the Dolphins sitting on? Like fourteen draft picks? Yeah, I think they. I think they have uh, the first half of the first round after Cincinnati's pick at one. It's ridiculous the number of draft picks that they've accumulated. Uh, the Patriots. You know, Rick, listening to the media, you would think that the Patriots are one and nine, not nine and one. They go into Philadelphia, get a big win, seventeen to ten. And the entire media narrative the last couple of days is what's wrong with Tom Brady? They're nine and one. 
What in the world? What's wrong with Tom? What's going on with Tom? He's 42 years old and he's leading the Island of Misfit Toys to a record of nine and one. Well, again, this is, you know, as I was talking about Steelers football at the show, they, they like to play those mind games, get that edgy, you know, to get you to, to they, they, you know, push, push, push until they can break you. This is Patriot football. They know how to, they know how to get, you know, this seems every year. We were having the same conversation last year at this time. They were struggling to win games. What's wrong? They're not going to make anything. I think they even won on a couple of, like they lost like maybe like three out of four somewhere or two out of four. Everyone's in panic mode. Here's the Patriots. The dynasty's over. This thing, they're unfolding. Can they even survive? What's going to happen? The whole ship's going down. And what did they do? They pull together. They win a Super Bowl. This is, this is the Patriots MO. This is how they operate. We talked a couple of weeks ago. Everybody's so high on the Ravens taking care of business there. Did they really? Who really won that game? Who showed their hand? Or did they play into a Patriots trap for the postseason? I'm completely selling this thing, not buying into it. Hey, it's all about getting them Ws. They are rolling. They find ways to get things done. Is it always pretty? No. But it, it, this isn't the first time we've seen that. This isn't anything new this year. This is the same old story that we've seen throughout this dynasty. Imagine living in a world where your starting quarterback has a completion percentage of 63.7%, 2,752 yards, 14 touchdowns, five valiantees, and people are saying, what's wrong? Is everything okay, Tom? I mean, my God. They're 9-1. and one. The bigger story is the fact that the Eagles lost because Dallas beats the Lions 35 to 27. Philly now three games back in the win column of the rest of the wild card teams. Huckleberry, Philly is going to have to win the NFC East if they want to get into the playoffs. Only one team's getting in from the NFC East. It's going to be Dallas or Philly. At this point, who you got? Right now, you know, I think this thing was. The Eagles are just in a bad predicament this year. It's and everybody's dealing with injuries, and we're not going to use that as an excuse for anyone. You have to have that depth, uh, but they they just haven't been able to find any kind of groove with any kind of combination that they're putting out there on that field. You think they'd figure out one week, and in two weeks they just look absolutely miserable. This is one of the years, you know. It, it's you're going to take a step back. You had great success. Reload for next year here. You know, still continue play with everything you got. Hope that you catch something here because Dallas and even in themselves, you know, they'll they'll be prone to break down at times. Maybe they will. Outside chance they they leave the back door open for you to sneak in. But I think as you, you know, Dallas is going to win this, and as you said, only one team from the East sliding in here. And I don't think one team from the East advances to the second week of the playoffs. I'm with you on that one, uh, Zeke. Man, you, you give Ezekiel Elliott all that money, he just can't run nearly as fast as he used to. Doesn't look good for Dallas. You got, you got too much money in his pockets. Yep. Uh, so let's take a look at the feature games of this weekend. Huckleberry uh, got some big division matchups coming up this week. Colts at Texans, the Thursday night game. This very well could decide the AFC South. Texans by three and a half at home. I don't know what in the hell to make out of Indianapolis at this point. Well, this entire South is so up and down here. And this thing, it's all over the board. You talk about a roller coaster ride. This thing, we still got the Jaguars in striking distance. They could, they could walk away with this damn thing. This thing is anyone's ball game here in the South, which I guess I don't know if it makes for good football, but it makes for good watching. Uh, I'm expecting, I'm fully expecting this week here, the Texans to bounce back. I mean, complete embarrassment. 
division leaders, division leaders. You're, you're looking at something to make a statement for the playoffs, and you get absolutely embarrassed like that. I'm expecting them to, them to bounce back here. Not really that big of the Colts on the road. Right there with you. Uh, Packers at 49ers got flexed. It's now going to be the Sunday night game. San Francisco favored by three at home, which is basically home field advantage. Huckleberry, do you see these two teams as equal on a neutral field? Uh, I, I actually do. Uh, I think this one's going to be pretty fun. Uh, and you're expecting, you know, when you're looking at this, you're going to want the best from everybody. And if, if we get, you know, the, uh, the four-star Aaron Rodgers, this could be a very fun game. Hopefully he has a tremendous outing. Love that they moved this thing to the bright lights. It's going to be a marquee position. Huge ratings, all eyes in here. Uh, the Niners themselves, you know, they had a bit of a setback. They're looking to right that ship, you know, get themselves back up here as the talk of the town, which is – Kind of cooled off here a little bit. Definitely looking forward to this one. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the road with the road dogs on this one. I think the Packers come in here, make a statement, get this thing done. I think it's late in the year. The Niners are great. They're a good team. Great story. But you know, you, you learn from those that have been there and done that. Last week it was the Seahawks making that statement. Hey, we still run this division, uh, and I think the Packers are gonna make. Hey, this is this is still title town. You guys want to get somewhere, you're going to have to run through us. Everything about this game just screams Aaron Rodgers comes out and does Aaron Rodgers things. You know, like he always has one or two of those games every year where he just comes out and lights the world on fire. It feels like he's poised for one of those games in San Francisco. I'm with you. Seahawks at Eagles. This is a huge game for Philly. This is win or go home. If they lose to Seattle at home, I feel like Philly's season is over. Well, as we were just talking about, so many ups and downs. They haven't been able to get anything clicked in here. They're in a corner, and now it's time to come out swinging. It's absolutely time to come out swinging. Uh, the big question here, you know, Seattle making that that big trip, but they they have fared pretty well with the trips this year. Uh, they played well on the road, especially making that almost coast to coast kind of you know move. Seahawks are fired up. They're hot. They're chasing down the Niners. They want to you know reestablish that they need to be in that Super Bowl talk. Seems like they're getting it done. They're getting it right. Ravens at Rams on Monday night. Baltimore favored on the road by three points. Rick, this is kind of the same thing for Jared Goff and company. If they lose this game, yeah, I, I can't believe that we're going to say it, but the Rams are going to miss the playoffs. Does this one scream trap at all, though, for you? Because the Ravens are flying so high. Yep. No pun intended. And it's just laid out to the jugger. The Rams have everything. They're fighting for their lives right now. This screams trap to me all day long. Uh, this is going to be a big game for Lamar Jackson. Uh, if he is going to win the MVP, he's got to show up in this game. Underneath the bright lights, national television, the only game on. Everybody's going to be tuning in to see Lamar Jackson just light this thing up. If he goes out and lays a dud against the Rams and the way the Rams have been playing, he may not win the MVP, but he could sure as hell lose it Monday night. Absolutely. As you said, man, this is a statement game. Uh, but he's sitting here looking at it on paper. It just, just screams trap, trap, trap to me. Yep. So let's go ahead. Let's throw it over to the Stone Cold Locks. Hit me with it, Steve. Give me a hell yeah. Well, Huckleberry, this was a pretty easy week for me um, because I, I, I can't go with my traditional, you know, whoever's playing the Bears because they've got the New York football giants, and I can't go with whoever's playing Cleveland because 
They've got the Miami Dolphins at home. I mean, come on. You, you, you can't do that. So I think when I'm looking at this thing, as it's starting to shake out this week, I'm going to go with the Atlanta Falcons. What, what what the hell happened? All of a sudden, the Atlanta Falcons are the Atlanta Falcons. They got Tampa Bay coming in this week, and I think the Falcons just absolutely shut them down. I got to agree with you. I had this as one of my picks as well. And as you look at the schedule, you know, it's not about week to week. I mean, you got to realize where you're going to play a team out here. And we both got them still on the board here. I think they're looking good. They're feeling good. Like them at home here against Tampa Bay. I'm going to agree. They're one of my picks. And then as I'm looking, it's not very often I can put my money on the Detroit Lions. But at Washington, that seems like a gimme to me. We're in the same mindset, but we're going to differ here. We're going head to head. I'm going to take Washington at home against the Lions. Wow. Looking at their schedule, I don't know when the hell I'm going to get them off the board here. Uh, I still <laughs> right. got them. I'm taking them. I'm taking them with the Lions against the Lions. Absolutely hilarious. Um, and as far as the pick of the week, man, I'm right there with you. Green Bay at San Francisco. Aaron Rodgers going to go in there and do Aaron Rodgers things. Could be a very very long night for Richard Sherman. Uh, absolutely. So that's going to wrap things up for this week's show. Thanks for listening. And if you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button. Then visit the entire HTM podcast network online, hittingthemarks.com, Hameen Media online, hackerhameen.podbean.com. Find me across all social media, at Matt Jargo, RBV. How do the peeps, the freaks, and the geeks find you? Well, as always, you can keep up with me and all things Rick Vickery across all social media platforms at The Real RBV. We will talk to you later on this weekend for the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. Yeah, got a couple of events we got to talk about this week. So we will talk to you, I'm guessing, probably Friday? Let's do it Friday, man. We got to get geared up. Yeah, we, we can't wait till Saturday. We got to start cutting early. Yeah, we got we to get that takeover preview. We got to get the Survivor Series preview. And then we can tell you how the WWE is trying to ruin NXT. Yeah, looking forward to that. We will talk to you then for the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast for now. We're off like a prom dress. See ya!